Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for coming to check us out and finding out more about us. And if you've been here before, as always, just thank you so much for your continued support and the opportunity for me to help interview so many inspirational people and give you insights and ideas that we can help create an education system which is really fit for the pupils that are going through it as we speak. Now, as an educator myself, I know one of the hard things to do is to be able to keep that sustainability and have the the inspiration and the day-to-day kind of really knowing what you can do to support yourself to therefore support your pupils going forward. So I've created a, a four-step fire guide, which just gives you some thoughts and ideas of, of what you can do and what you can be aware of to help yourself. And this is really created around our four steps of feedback, inspiration, resilience and empowerment. Now you can get this by just signing up on the website. It's got a PDF download and there's a short video for me just to chat through a couple of these ideas. If you go to educationonfire.com forward slash fire, I look forward to chatting to you there. Now today on the show, I'm chatting to Kahila Sivas, and she's the creator of the revolutionary Math Codes Method. It's a unique system designed to recover learning loss in math. Kahina blended the math hacks she discovered to demystify math and merge them with the coaching mythology that can transform any struggling student. She developed the system over 22 years working one-on-one with over 1,500 struggling students. She was once a struggling math student herself and is now a math coach, a reform tutor, an ex-teacher, a best-selling author, speaker and master NLP practitioner. Since 2018, she and her partner, Rod Bellamy, have trained passionate educators to launch and grow independent coaching practices using this Maths Code method. The Maths Codes Association for Certified Coaches is a growing organisation that offers professional certification. Now, one of the things that really spoke to me when I was chatting to Kahila was the fact that you can't teach anything to anyone until you kind of have the environment and the setup in place to actually be able to have a really productive inclusive learning experience and that's really an important factor to everything that she's been doing so this is a really fascinating and i think a really insightful way about how education is outside of school and how you can find the sorts of people that you need to really support the pupils and the children in your life now just before this wonderful conversation here's a quick thank you to our sponsor the national association for primary education is a non-political uk charity As Vice Chair, I'm delighted to be hosting six online CPD events to enable you to be supported as educators, no matter where you are in the world. To find out more information, go to nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. That's nape.org.uk forward slash online hyphen events. Hi, Kahila. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. First of all, tell us um, where, where do you live and, and where are you currently based? I am in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, that's where I've been for a long time. Fantastic. And um, and tell us a little bit about your, your journey to Canada and how that's then sort of influenced what it is that you're doing through Mass Codes. Yes. So I moved to Canada when I was six years old. So I, I moved from Sri Lanka. We had a civil war there for a long time. My dad lost um, everything overnight and, you know, in order to get us to safety, he got to Canada and then he brought us over to Canada and 
when I moved to Canada, it was pretty shocking because not only it was very cold, but at that time, you know, people of my color was, you know, it's just like you're just in another planet, basically, right? So it did impact me in many ways, you know, but I accept, accepted at that time that, you know, I'm at a new place. This is a new place. And, you know, they just have to get used to me and know me and they'll accept me. And it, those days have come. Like, you know, now I'm Canadian and, you know, I'm one, we're one community. So it did come. So my hopes and, you know, dreams have come true. But during those times, it was very hard. And um, to combat losing of everything, my dad became an alcoholic when we moved to Canada. So that took a big toll in our um, in our family, and um, he became abusive. So as a young girl moving to Canada, not knowing the language, and not having a stable home, um, what it did is, when I went to school in my elementary levels, I started muting myself because I was afraid to speak, and I was afraid to speak because I didn't know the language. And if I spoke, I thought people would make fun of me, but nobody really did. It's just something that I created, a story that I created. And I've told that over and over, and that's how it happens, right? It becomes true. So I've lived with that for so many years, and I kind of went under the radar from a lot of teachers. It's because probably I was a good listener, maybe, and very quiet and shy. So I just kind of went unnoticed by a lot of people and they never asked me to speak up so i kept that until i got to my high school i just was muting myself and only place i spoke was at home and that was very little because there it wasn't safe for me to speak anything we just listened so when i got to high school i met my first esl teacher her name is mrs mayo and she's the one who noticed me finally somebody noticed me and she said, you know, you can speak. Just stand up and say, well, you know, just stand up and say. And she would say this every class. And she would, you know, push me. But she had this push. It didn't feel like it was she was pushing me. It was like guidance and mentorship that I really bonded with her. And that's the first, like, days. Those were the first days that I really started speaking. So that was hard yeah yeah I, I can imagine and you you mentioned three things there which just really speak to me in terms of of what this podcast is all about and why i knew this would be such a an important conversation um and and so to begin with the sense of everybody has a story that they tell themselves and the more you talk about that and the more you go over and over it, it like you say it becomes your story and i think once you start to understand that it's only a story and one you can change it and two it doesn't even exist in many ways you know it's just your perception of what it is there that's a whole other podcast in terms of how you get to that stage and I know with your your NLP training and understanding of that I could really understand how you sort of developed um, and, and move through all of that kind of thing the idea of actually being seen especially from um, an educator or a teacher I mean that's something we've heard a lot about on the on the podcast before that one person who you just suddenly realize in you know, I'm connecting with another human being. It's not about being at school. It's not about even any given subject necessarily. Obviously, we have the things that we're good at and the things we sort of walk into in our life. But that kind of being seen and then and then the mentorship, you know, having someone who can guide you and show you in, and give you a safe environment to kind of walk into. And I think you articulated that amazingly. Those three things, I mean, that is life transformation and we've done it in the space of you know three or four minutes but but actually you know it can take many many years but i think when you understand that to begin with then you have the tools that you need to 
to thrive, I guess. Yes, very true, very true. Those days were hard. They were years of me muting myself. So, you know, to reprogram yourself is tough. And sometimes even these days, you can go back to those stories because they're within you. And I'm continually um, working on myself on that through other mediums and personal development so that I don't go there. And I want to help other people who are in that space, you know. And tell me how Maths Codes was influenced by this, how it kind of came about and, and, and that part of the journey. Yes. So after speaking in school, I was kind of starting to, you know, become noticed and, you know, getting this little confident. And at that point, I, there was an adult, a trusted adult in my life, and they abused me sexually. So that took another turn in my life that finally I was starting to speak. And then they shut me down again. So I got into this deep depression right after that. And I was only 13 years old. So everything seemed like I couldn't solve anything. And I, they completely shut me down again. So this was my second time of being shut down by another you know, event that happened to me. And during those times, I decided that, you know, life was just too hard at home. My dad was, you know, had his own problems and everything was just so much that I decided to end my life. So that was the day that I decided that in order to protect me and the lies that I've been told to tell others, I would just end myself. And that's what I did. And I got to the hospital and they saved me. So right after being surviving that, the few weeks I started going back to school, there was something different about me. Somehow, you know, even though I decided to end my life, even at that young age, I had this really deep feeling that I'm here for something else. You know, I think it switches, something switches. All your stories kind of starts reframing again in your mind. And as I was sitting in my math class, you know, math was also hard for me. So as I was sitting in my math class, you know, I learned over the years to master how to look busy in classrooms and, you know, copy notes and not make eye contact with my teachers so that they don't notice me. So I mastered that for a long time. So I would do all of this. And, you know, this was days it's going on and I was sitting in this math class and I would always ask, I started asking, like, how come everybody's doing and why am I not doing? You know, these were not questions I would ask before what I went through. So st something about it that started to dig deeper into me. And then I saw a quote by Albert Einstein in that room. He had a lot of posters in my math teacher. And this one quote would, that said that it's not that I'm smart. I just stay with my problems longer. And those words, like before I read them too, because I was in the same class before what happened to me, but I kept kept coming back to those words and saying, so I don't have to be smart. I just have to stay with my problems longer. So even trying to end my life, I've never stayed with that problem longer to figure out what to do. I just took an immediate action, right? So from that moment on, I started feeling this, I should stay with problems longer and longer. And the more I stayed longer with my math problems, they started making sense. Before, I would just run off, run away from them. Now I started digging deeper and deeper, and it started making sense. And that's how the beginning of Math Codes started, because I started escaping into the world of math. And that power, when I got those answers, 
it was like I couldn't solve anything outside of math class, but I could solve everything like in my math class that gave me this confidence that I needed at that time to start walking and, you know, telling myself that I can do things. I just have to stay longer with my problems. It's everything is solvable. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so inspirational. And I'm, I'm interested in, in what you think about that length of time in terms of, let's say, staying with the problem longer. Um, because I think in, in schools generally, that's a really tricky concept, isn't it? Because you have subject after subject and, you know, a unit of work followed by a unit of work and then an end of year assessment. And then, you know, the formal exams are at this stage. So it's all about working to a timetable that someone else is is kind of setting for you. And I think what you describe is actually, you know, everybody can learn as they need to in their own time, in their own way. And part of that might be saying like an academic level, it might be an emotional level, it can be a combination of both of those things. So how did you manage to kind of stay with that problem for longer? Was it just a question of spending more time um, at home doing it? Or was it kind of asking for, for support in a different way? How did that work for you? Yes, um, right after that, I would spend a lot of time before I would be aimlessly, you know, doing stuff. But this gave me a focus, like the math problem, staying with those math problems gave me a focus. And all my dad ever wanted was to sit down and study. So that made perfect for him not to get mad at me either, because I could just close my door and I would just sit and I would just escape and I would just try to figure out how how is this problem being solved like i would took look at my textbook or the notes my teacher gave me i just started looking into it more with a different two eyes than i had before there was just something different about it and then when i went to school as i said before i would avoid any help from the teachers like i just mastered that skill to avoid them so but now i was open to receiving because i want to ask him how come like this was solved like this but here if I do it, it's not working. So I had some questions to ask, you see. So I was involved with it before I was withdrawn from it. Now I'm involved. I have questions to ask and I I can have a, a conversation with my teacher. Rather than him talking down at me, I was still having a conversation with him. And that gave me uh, more confidence because now he's, he's starting to notice that I get it something and he wanted to explain more to me. Right. So that relationship started forming and that just started, you know, became like a wildfire, just took off inside of me and I would just escape. I don't care what my dad was saying. I could tune him out. I would tune him out other people who were bugging me and I could just escape into the world of math. And I started hacking it. Basically, I would say, OK, if I can solve this problem this way, how do I do this one? Can I apply the same thing? If, I, if not, why not? And then I started asking a lot of why's behind it and that's how I started hacking it and creating this simplified versions of explanations and I started asking myself why teachers don't say this to students like I started asking the other way around how come I wasn't told like this why did they tell me like this because this makes so much easier <laughs> sense <laughs> than this so that inspired me to be like I have to share this like this has to be shared as I grew older and older. And I, when I graduated, I'm like, I have to, that's how I became a tutor first, right after high school, I became a tutor. And that's what I shared with all my students. So do you think that 
the main thing that was different for you was the fact that having got to that place where you'd literally had to let go, you decided that life was going to come to an end. You decided that actually that was the case, that when you hit that moment, everything then just becomes a building block to what you want to do because there is no kind of sort of negative line, as it were. You've kind of hit the floor in terms of where you can go in a, in a sort of a downward di- um, trajectory and then everything then becomes positive. Is, it, is that kind of a, a good way of um, looking at it, do you think? Yes, I think so. Because there's just, as I said, there was this shift. I still can't explain the shift that happened within me surviving that because I think it was almost like, it was just like saying, do I really have another purpose? Like I need to be here because why? Because my life is bad. So why am I back here again? Why am I not gone? So that really hit me, I think. And it was almost like some way I've also felt happy I came back as well. But it was kind of a mixed emotions. It's so hard to explain. But it's sort of like I hated being here and I loved being again back. (laughs) So I kind of went with being there was a meaning for coming back here and i think that's how i started to become positive about it after you know yeah and i think that's a really important thing to consider especially when we're educating children generally is the fact that children often do what they have to do you know like you say there's your home life and whatever that happens to look like there's certain rules certain ways of being certain things you can and can't do And also then you go to school and there are a whole load of rules and a whole load of subjects you've got to take and it all works in a certain kind of way. Um, And then you kind of just do what you do in all of those different environments and then you sort of come out the other end, hopefully having what is deemed to be the right amount of knowledge that you can then do the next phase of your life. Very little of it is about who you are in the moment and understanding that all these things are learning experiences. They're tools to help you express who you are in your life now but also in the future as well and i think when you kind of get to the point however you get there that you realize there's a purpose you know what what it is that like say even if you can't articulate it especially when you're a, you're a, you're a youngster but you know that you're here to be you truly however that happens to be then everything becomes very bright, I think, because like you say, it's then just a question of, oh, wow, what can I do in order to help me go with this that I know feels good? And it sounds like that, you know, that that feeling is kind of your guiding light in some ways of kind of, yeah, I can sort of sense I'm heading in this direction and all those things then start to come around you. And like I say, you, for however the, the, the universe works in that sense, you know, the mentor comes along, the teacher says the right thing. You ask the one question you've never asked before, which opens a door to enable you to walk into that. And and then you get into that positive spiral. And um, and I think this, you know, this explanation and, and, and exactly how you've explained your life working th- through is that it's not just a question of going into school, learning a subject, and then coming out the other side of education. There's much more to it that. And I think when we can understand that everything we do in that round, I think then it just feels like we're actually living life rather than just doing life, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, very much. And, you know, um, one of the things that happened during that time was that it felt like a therapy. Math was like therapy for me. Because I didn't seek out, nobody took me to a counselor or, you know, psychologist or anybody to get help. Like my parents didn't do that. Uh, so 
I kind of just took math. That's why I believe and I want to uh, stress here is that math is a therapy. When you start to get those answers, it builds confidence. It builds momentum and be, it gives you a power and an inner confidence that I don't think other subjects even does it for you. Because, you know, at the same time, math can also ruin you because every time you get the wrong answer, you're kind of telling yourself, OK, here I go again. I fail again. I fail again. So it can also do the opposite when you're not doing well. But when you start doing well and understand it and when you have a simplified version of math and you don't, uh, you know, go into math thinking that I'm not a math person, you know, it's also another story people tell before they go into math. That I'm not a math person, right? So if you can change those language around it, you know, math is a therapy to, you know, come out of a lot of other things. It's just like it happened to me. And I've used it with many of my students the same way. Yeah. So so take us into the um the mythology as as it were and, and, and how you sort of structured it based on those experiences and how that's helped and, and maybe give us an example or two of, of, of what you think has made the big difference. With my students, right after you know graduating, I went to uh, uh, tutoring students. I I started noticing that you know just like I was able to capture from my students that it wasn't a lot of the time that they were struggling with math. It was the stories that they were telling that they were struggling with. So as a tutor, you know when you bring a student to you, or the parents bring them to you, you kind of just start working with math because that's what you're hired to do. You know you just do my math work, right? But I, as, as years went on and I went into the classrooms as a teacher assistant, started working with a lot of special needs students with autism and ADHD, I noticed that the way I explained to them the math when I was with them in one-on-one or in a group setting, if I could bring that back to my co- tutoring practice, which I had outside of school, it started working even better because the explanation that I had to give, you know, our unique learners, it's different. And then we say, okay, we have these normal kids. We work in this way, but no, I started not differentiating them. I just said, I'm going to explain to everybody this way, math. And that made my explanations. And with the hacks I had at that point, it made it even easier for students to understand. But then I still struggled with one part is that, if I started working with numbers with my students, that wasn't enough for what they needed. It was those stories that I had to work with. So I have to shift myself to say, okay, I don't, I don't want to be a tutor, just a tutor, because the tutor perception is that you sit and help with the math if they hire you for math. But I wanted to do more. So I started searching, what could that be? What is that more? So there was something in my heart saying that I want to be more for my students. And that's when I started, you know, noticing that I, w- I needed to be a coach. You know, this is my, when my coaching methodology com- came into with my math methodologies and the system that I was trying to build. And that's how I discovered that I want to be a coach to them, not just a tutor. So I brought in the coaching principles into it and I started perfecting them. It started working really well for everybody. All my students started doing really well. Because I don't start with numbers with my students. So that's the main thing, because it's that stories we tell. It's how we're thinking. How is our brain processing? If you don't know all of that and you just start with numbers, you're, it's not going to work. It, you know, you're just kind of pushing information at your child, you know, student. I want them to crave the information. 
I want them to be like a colleague. Like I want them to work with them like a colleague. You know, we are exchanging ideas. Can I solve it like this? Could it go like this? Like, you know, have a conversation rather than me giving them stuff. This is the way it's done, you know? So that's how I started changing it. And, you know, ever since then, I love working with my students in that way. I am more than a tutor. I'm a more, I'm more than a teacher. So I even defined, uh, redefined even a teacher. Like I wanted to be a teacher. I became a teacher. But at, by the time I got my degree and wanted, to, you know, could go in and work, I decided that I don't want it because the environment in the school system, I, I knew that I couldn't provide what I was providing in my coaching practice outside. Yeah, absolutely. And I can so relate to that, you know, in my in my music lessons, especially on the one to one um, lessons that I do. You're absolutely right. It's the conversations and and I and I and it's just incredible. It is that sense of getting rid of the rest of the day. And like you say, that the preconceptions of what it is to be in school in a normal lesson and taught in a the proper way or whatever that happens to be. And then just that kind of we're one-to-one we can talk about you how do you learn and all those things that you you just described so eloquently and at that point everything then just disintegrates around them and then you start to put one foot in front of the other based on ah we can learn we can have the lesson structured like this we can talk about this we can get in whichever direction works for you and 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 so i can relate to it so so incredibly well um and and you, you said how hard it is to then sort of be in sort of a formal education setting in terms of being able to do what you do. And I completely understand how that's the case. So when you take on students yourself, do you have to explain to parents or um, how you go about it? Is that important as well? Or is it just the fact that you know that you're able to get the maths sorted and support them in mass enough for them just to, to sort of go along do they or do they sort of they understand that the, your process is going to be different than maybe someone just out further down the street that's you know effectively just doing maths as it were no there's a big education behind it for parents because they come to you when their child is struggling and they want immediate help and then when i say you know immediate help is not going to help you <laughs> it's like a shock, right? Like you have to educate them. There's a process. So I do have a meeting that I do with the parents to educate them first. Like I differentiate what a homework helper is, a tutor is, and a coach is. And this is what a coach does. And if their child just needs a tutor, I'm very honest to tell them that you should find a tutor, but I don't do that because I am working with these type of students who you know have these kind of problems. But if they do need a tutor, I mean coach, I also tell them that if you go find a tutor, they're gonna struggle because yeah. what you have here uh, with your child, whatever is going on with your child, it's more deeper. And a lot of, lot of, you know, I mean, teachers don't have time to investigate all 30 students in the level that I'm talking about. And that's why I'm not in the school system mm-hmm. because I felt like I was gonna fail a lot of students. And because I have my background, like I had this true passion in myself that I don't want anyone going unnoticed like I did. And I knew that with 30, 25 kids in class, I can be superhuman to, you know, I will let someone go through me that's going to be, you know, who might be suicidal, which I would not know because I have 25 or 30 kids to look at. But I didn't want to be part of any of that because I knew how it was hard for me and I wanted to change it. And that's why I couldn't stay in the school school system because I knew I was failing a lot of 
children in that environment. Yeah, and that makes so much sense. And I think it's, you know, for us as educators and parents, it's that kind of, when you can hear that kind of explanation, you kind of realize why your journey is as it is you know we talked about being individual you know in order for you to give the best of yourself and support the most people in the way that they need support then you can completely see you know it has to be the way that you're doing it it makes so much sense like say you could do it in a different system but you start to get you know the round peg um and a square peg in a round hole kind of scenario and like you say and, and then you're not really helping you or the people that really need that support and i think and then you can go back and you can start to look over your life and you can see how that journey starts to develop you know your experiences and everything which is deemed to be a negative experience is actually completely become i would imagine the the foundation in order for you to grow into this person that's helping all of those people and and i think like i said that then just becomes an incredibly powerful thing to be able to then articulate and I'm, i mean that in terms of you know you actually not only have just been able to do that for one pe- one person you know lots and lots and lots of people and be able to, to grow it into a into a format that works um for so many so can you just tell us also about how that works sort of one-to-one as in do you have people coming to you and that sort of setting and then obviously how that then works um, via online yes I, sh- I started shifting online about five years ago, even before COVID. Um, that's because I wanted to be an international company, right? I, I met my husband, uh, who's my business partner, and um, we wanted to make it bigger. And I was, you know, in a small town with my office at that time. And I had, then I had classrooms, uh, not classrooms, a small setting of group coaching I was doing with the students. But all my group were very intentionally created. It was created to foster independence, not just because I wanted to recreate classroom, because that's not my model at all. And I know that it wouldn't work. But otherwise, I met them in person at that time. But the five years ago, for some reason, you know, with my husband's help, I thought this would be a great medium to, you know, connect my students. And, you know, now when COVID came, now everybody's connecting through this, right? But at, but in the beginning, it was hard because parents rejected it. They, there was a lot of objections that, no, I want you in person. I want you to sit beside my uh, child. Um, that's how they would learn. But I started feeling like I could connect with my students way more here than when I was here like beside each other. And that's because if you're looking at me right now, we have such a connection, right? Like we are, we have so much, I can read the body language, I can see what they're doing, I can collab, calibrate them so well, then if I'm in side to side like this, I couldn't do that. So I started enjoying it and I just became like, no, this is the medium that I want to work in. And I created, we developed my own program, a whiteboard, which has everything I need on it. So I started putting, you know, we invested in that to create that to work for us. And, you know, when COVID hit, it was just easy for me because I was already doing all of that. But in the beginning, for sure, it was tough. But I thought I could give the most to my students through this one because I had them right there. And if they go this way, I can catch them. <laughs> like, why aren't you looking at me? Yeah. Right? There's so much to look because it's in person, you can lose. Uh, concentration but they're more concentrated here yeah definitely and and so you talked about the idea of an international company as it were so I guess 
um, from a coaching point of view, we're talking about life. You know, that's universal in so many different ways. Um, but in terms of the of the math side of it, do you have to kind of change that slightly depending on the type of curriculum or the type of country or, or does it um yeah explain how you work in those in that way yes so i work with homeschoolers unschoolers um, as well as international curriculums if they're in uh, cambridge or ib program international uh, bachelorette all of those but all of those doesn't matter to me that that's just a that's just like a the requirement that's need to be filled out for me, it's the child first. Where are they right now? What are they going through right now? And any curriculum can we can bring it in, and you can merge it. And you just taking then you're just taking them to that curriculum and getting them to you know su become successful in that curriculum. I don't let curriculum because that's why I left school system again. Is I don't let the curriculum dictate what I'm going to do with my students. I customize the curriculum for my students, whoever they are, with their learning style, who they are, how they speak, you know, how they learn. So I think I modify the curriculum for the child. So it doesn't matter where it comes from. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's exactly um, the conversations I have often around around my music lessons. It's that kind of, it doesn't matter whether you take an exam or grades or what type it is, I'm teaching your child how to learn generally and also how to play an instrument and you can pull in the curriculum at any point you like and they can take it they can not take it they can learn it not take the exam it makes no difference it just depends on what they want to get out of it and what we think can support them in the best kind of way so I can really identify with that and it's, it's so refreshing to be able to sort of have those conversations when someone says well of course it's that way because then like you say I think it's just literally bringing it down to that point of kind of it's about me and it's about you and the conversations that we're having and at that point that's when you you get that fire lit in that engagement and and then you take it wherever you can take it which i think is incredibly exciting yes and i, I think also with uh, you know i'm a big believer in ieps you know educational in, in, in plan and it's really important for me that's the plan I create with each of my students, sort of, you know, it's not to that extent, you know, if you were to do it in the school system, it's a massive, massive <laughs> document, but that's not it. But I create it so that it's customized and tailored to the, you know, the interest and who they are, like every child is a person. And in classrooms, we can't do that. But here I can do that for them. And then I share that with the parents. So and I also ask the parents to be part of this program like it's not like you just hand me over your child and you walk away because it doesn't work like that you have to be part of it. we're a team we're together here so what is the idea for you to bring this child to me like what do you want is it passing a test and then we talk to the students as well is that something that you want as well are we in alignment <laughs> you know then we can create that because if the child's not in alignment and the parents want something you know, it's my job as a coach to identify that and have that discussion with them together so that they're all, both of them are in alignment. And when you bring that, it's easy for parents as well at home, because now yeah. you have a motivated learner. Absolutely. And, and, and it's I think it's where that word 
I talk about community and people often think that's, you know, the people living around you in, in your town or city or whatever, but it actually is every every person who's part of your life, isn't it? Like you say, and when you're all working together for that com- common good, I need to say common goal, but I think actually it's more common good in terms of what it is that we want to achieve individually and, and within our family and like you say, all the people who are who are taking part in this then that there's something universal that kind of takes us forward and it's it's very positive and it's very very powerful i think in in so many different um ways as, as we've spoken about so i'm really interested and i can i probably know the answer to this already having having I just sort of spoken about what we talked about now being able to train other people to do what you do to take it into so many different places and affect so many people so how did you decide to to make that shift and, and how's that going Yes, it's because my business have grown since COVID too, right? It's been very busy. And, you know, I want to share this because this didn't come to me just because I thought I should have a business. As I said to you earlier, it came to me when I was in my darkest place, the knowledge of math that I received. And I always think of it that it was a download that I got from the universe. Mm. Like I didn't just figure this out myself. I couldn't have. Because I wasn't, I wasn't that smart. You know, I just stayed with the problems longer. So that's what I do with every problem now is that I, I work with this mindset that everything is solvable. Have I spent enough time looking for the, you know, parts to solve this problem, right? So that's where it comes from that I need to share this. And I was a person who didn't have a voice, you know, and I don't want to end my life, you know, in the future when I do go. I want to be able to share what I was delivered during that dark moments in my life with others. And I have seen over and ever again for 22 years of developing this and perfecting it and putting together how many lives I have changed, the students' lives and the parents and their relationship. It's not math marks because marks are just byproduct of what I do. It's the life, how my students can walk taller. They're in their engineering program because that's what they wanted to do not because somebody told them to do, or they're a doctor, or they're a nurse, or they're a carpenter, but they love what they do. And then they turn around and say, you know, a lot of my students say, you helped me find this inner confident that I didn't know, I didn't even know I was missing. And that's what math did for me in those days, to find this confident to become who I am today. So I want to share that. And that's how this, um, this uh, started evolving is to I need to share what I know, the coaching methodology that I perfected and the math hacks together, how it can change students life and also to help a lot of teachers who are at that time, I was a teacher and a teacher assistant. I knew how the environment, you know, defeats you like it just takes you over and says, I'm no good as a teacher, but it's not that because the environment is not right. So here I'm allowing them to see you can create an environment like this. You do have control. You do have freedom to deliver what you always wanted as a passionate teacher, right? Absolutely. And and I love that. And and I I think the thing that really excites me about these conversations and, and people that are creating these things is that I think this is where education evolves from. It doesn't necessarily evolve from um, someone in government saying, right, we're going to recreate the curriculum or we're going to recreate something. We know that while that we might think that's a, a good idea, it takes a lot for that to happen and everything is so ingrained in the way we do things. 
but individuals who are enlightened and understand how that works and how children really learn and how we can support them actually are starting to basically i think almost have a tapestry or a map that as long as we can connect people hence the reason i love having the podcast and sharing this you know there are so many people in so many different parts of the world and different parts of education that know all of this and are actually able to go out and create it and articulate it have done it understand how powerful it is and then actually you become the master of your own education so even if you happen to be in the school system traditionally you can get the extra support and understanding and knowledge and then it's a bit like i said towards the beginning it then becomes a tool in as much as i have to go to school i have to do this but it's allowing me to learn things that i need to learn to move on but the real learning the real understanding the the real key mentors um and coaches around me that are able to develop me so that i can get that perspective to then walk in my lights going forward like i say whether it happens to be a course or a way of living or, or even helping others in different ways it's all there for you and i think the more we see these things the more we realize that we are masters of our own education and our own learning and it doesn't just happen when we're at school it's just saying that we're all learning we're all developing and growing as we go through and i think that for me is really exciting because once we we start to see how we can connect all of those dots and especially in the in the world of the of the internet like you say it doesn't have to be the person that lives down the street it can be the right person for me who understands me wherever they are in the world very important yes so for anyone who's listening who um who's thinking yes that's definitely how i want to be showing up and supporting people um tell us how how your training and, and the certification kind of worked so the uh, i have offered without the certification before to some of some of they have become trained as a coach and uh, we noticed that that they needed the certification to have the you know the standards that I've created for map codes that, so that, that it can be delivered over and over and over again. So that's the reason that we now stepped into certifying so that the parents can buy it with, you know, um, trust and that integrity is there. So for someone who's listening, you know, right now there's a lot of teachers who are so passionate about what they do, but they're not happy. They're burned out. They're not being respected. So, so many of them are looking at, you know, is this my last day in school system? Because it's just not working for them. So I, I think this is what I've created has come in the right time for people who still want to teach, who still feel the connection to the students. And that's what they, you know, grew up thinking. I want to, you know, change lives. I want to be this, right? But now because of the system and what's happening, you know, it's it's telling them that, this is not for me, but I, I, I'm telling, I want to tell them that you can create an environment that's right for you, that's possible, especially what's available now to us. You know, in the past, we didn't have all this thing and how fast internet is, you know, this is the future of education. The modern education is, you know, it's gonna be like this more and more and more. So it's an opportunity that I want to, you know, wanted to create and share what I have. And because I have done it over five years online and before 22 years, I've just perfected the system. So it's just, I want to hand over that system to the right people and just see the magic continues. And we have a mission to help 100,000 students by year 2030. 
So that that's that I want to accomplish that with other passionate educators who will take this certification and within the certification they will learn everything that's required to do what math codes as a coach does and not not only the math concepts that I've you know hacked all those uh, parts as well as the coaching methodology that I it has evolved as it as I kept working with different type of learners and um, because a lot of people when i did say this is for math codes only some people who came to in our in our world they they asked what if i'm an english teacher or another type of teacher can i use your coaching methodology and not take the math part so we decided that we would offer that certification as well as a student success coach so where you're just be learning the coaching component of you know what I have perfected and then you can bring in your own subject and then you can blend it and be a coach online so we have two certification yeah that's amazing and 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 I just love the I just love how the the vision all fits together from every part of your journey that you've that you've explained and um, I mean a hundred thousand people by then it could even be a million you know you can see how quickly that once you get you know if, if if everyone's as excited about it as i am just listening to it and just seeing how it can make such a difference then yeah i absolutely i hope you 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 get what your what your vision is and and, and much more so tell us a little bit about um um a teacher and learning experience which really affected you i know you, you spoke about that first kind of um um, situation in asking the question and and then having that kind of mentorship idea but is there is there anything else you'd like to share and I know sometimes this can be a negative thing that had a positive influence depending on um depending on I how think, you take it yes I think I think I think as a as a student I you know as a teachers I think we need to focus on those students who look like they're closed off you know they go under the radar most of the it's the ones who are noisy that gets the most attention right and but these people who just close up close up close in to themselves we we don't get noticed at all we are just quiet so we're not we don't get any attention from anybody right i think that's one of the things i learned throughout it like you know those are the students as educators we need to pay attention to you know if somebody had helped me in those days and asked me, well, why are you looking sad even? I would have told them that I'm thinking of committing suicide or something. I, would, I don't know what I would have said, but I would have said something. Like yeah. when I see my students now online, I can tell from their voice something is not right. I would ask them, is there, in, like I would start, I would put the math down and start talking to them because I know there could be more. And there is always, right? So okay. that I learned, that I learned. And then also when that, when you provide as an educator this environment where you are able to share more than the um, either math or English, like you you're, you have a friendly relationship. There's some this mentorship relationship rather than you're a teacher, you're a student, you just listen to me. That's something that I don't think works. And it's it just, it's not a relationship that it's beneficial for either parties. Right, you know the teacher. So that's also something I learned throughout it. And that one teacher who made me speak, like I probably didn't know all my words at that time either. But she told me just speak with whatever you have, like giving that little nudge or push to that student, right, and making them believe that they they can speak. And that took that that was the day that I started speaking. 
but throughout before I had like five years of it, nobody asked me to speak. Yeah, you see? amazing. <laughs> and it, you know, uh, like I say, ask the question, and and I think also, um, I I did some work in a in a, in a hospice um, as part of their their team, and one of the first things which really struck me was the fact that you sort of had this sense that you needed to say the right thing, you needed to be the person that had the answers and as soon as I I got the experience and the understanding of kind of you just need to be you and you will say the right thing you don't need to have the answers you're just there supporting um then it makes such a big difference and, and even as educators you know like you say if you see someone who's obviously quiet who's upset whatever just be you you know and be compassionate and have empathy and just say whatever it is that you need to say and then just rely on the fact that we're you know we're two human beings that are connecting in whichever situation that happens to be and allow the rest to happen and i think from that starting point not the getting it right getting it wrong saying the right thing saying the wrong thing it's just a very authentic way of being and i think if you can start there then the right things whatever the the right is um will emerge and i think that's incredibly powerful yes and also our young people right now are dealing with so many things that we don't even we won't even know what they're dealing with because the internet and the social media and you know i even have conversations with some girls you know that how much social media is affecting them because their self-image and you know how they view themselves and how boys treat them on social media you know cruel very cruel ways right and a lot of them are depressed and they want pills now like they're being prescribed pills for it and where are we headed though you know like you know when you think about it right and we are focusing on i mean school is so hard that environment is just so hard to deal with in that individual way it just doesn't it's not it yeah this is it what you're doing like through these kind of education and those teachers you know who are really really passionate to be that person for them this is it whatever they do you have to create another environment because it's not working yeah absolutely and and so and so based on that if you were having to give some advice to your your younger self now or um or some advice that you were given that made a big difference what 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 do you think that would be definitely the stories you tell you have to be very careful but it's hard because when you're in it of course you're going to validate the story you're going to tell the next sentence you say will validate the previous sentence you just told yourself right it's like it never ends it just kind of accumulates but i would say that if i had some sort of guidance or somewhere because i didn't have family i didn't have school so i was kind of a lost child and you know so only thing i had was the conversation i had with myself and if those conversations weren't positive that's it it's downward from there, right? It's downhill from there. So that's what happened to me. So if I was to tell my younger self, I would say to um, take perspective. That's one thing that I've learned a lot over the years is to look at it from different angles and say, is that what they're really thinking? Or is that what you're saying? Is that your opinion? Or is that their opinion? It's a difference, right? For yeah. me, it was always, it was theirs. And now I can say that during that time, I don't even think anybody even told me that I spoke wrong or they even made fun of me. It was that they're gonna make fun of me. See, I, I put a story together where they, they would make fun of me. 
I would be judged, these kind of stories. So if I could tell that girl to make a, take that perspective, is it your opinion or is it their saying? And what evidence do you have? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, what evidence do you have? And just and just even having that conversation with yourself that it's even a story. <laughs> that's yes. and you know, that's yeah, and like you say, if you don't have any extra support, like say family or school or like say before you get a mentor or whatever it happens to be, then what do you know? You you get you're in survival mode and so you do whatever you think you need to do to survive. And yeah, that's why it's why these conversations are so incredibly important, I think. Like as a coach, even with my students, if they say something to me, I, I the f- first thing or the conversation I have with them is, how do you know? And then you ask for the proof. It probably comes down to at the end of it, after going through, you know, five or six sentences, it comes down to because that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, you can start to then piece those things together, can't you? Because it's always what you think. And then like you say, you can then start to see how that, that sort of fits the story that you're, you're creating. Amazing. And and just just before we finish off, is there a resource that you'd like to share? And I would say this can be a book, a film, a song, a podcast. It can, it can be anything, but something which has had a, a, a big impact in some way. For me, the biggest impact, like it's not to be any like nerdy or anything, um, one of the thing is I started reading the textbooks. Like, you know, we don't read our textbooks. I don't know about you, but math textbooks, nobody reads it. Like, even if I ask my students, have you read the page before when they come to me, it's not something, it's there. A lot of things are written there. There's sometimes the stories, you know, where people say, oh, um, I, there's no connection to real life world. Like, why am I learning this? And then you flip to the previous two pages and there is a story there about, you know, this is where it's applied. There's a story. Every chapter, if it's written well in ch- textbooks, there's a story there about connecting what you're going to learn to it. And teacher skips over them because it's just like, okay, let's get to the where the exercise is, right? Mm. <laughs> because that's yeah. how time doing Doing the work. <laughs> work. Yeah. But why don't we open up with... So the, I, I teach by storytelling to my students. I, you know, because math is so dry that nobody wants to learn. They're like, okay, it's enough of math, right? So but, but what if you open up with a story? So I search for stories and I search for connections and not just there, but any book I go and read, I kind of borrow that story to see how I can fit in that with some kind of life situation they're going through or a math concept that I'm going to teach. But how do I open with this? It's just like a movie. You don't just go into that climax or start off with something. You open it up with this you know, grand opening, right? Yeah. So for that, I read quite a bit of textbooks just because I want to capture what they're trying to do before they open up those things. But last book that I'm reading is uh, I'm all about right now because our students are struggling so much about habits building and what is habits and, you know, how do we get them to do repeatedly with motivation, you know? So I have the last book I'm reading is called Atomic Habits. That, that was uh, inspiring to me to hear a different perspective and how his journey was and why he wrote that book as well so that's the last one you know think grow and rich think what was that again think and grow rich yeah think grow and rich i have read that as well just anything with new perspectives or different angles i love it yeah yeah such great advice there and we'll we'll have links to all these things on on the show notes as well and so tell us where people can find out more about you and and um and both in terms of the coach and stuff and also the certifications and all those things 
Yes. So if there are teachers who are listening and if they're interested in either of those certification program, they can go to mathcoatscertifiedcoach.com. So that's mathcoatscertifiedcoach.com. And uh, if, the, if, if any parents are listening and they would like to, you know, get to know about math codes and how, you know, we work, they can go to mathcoats.com. Fantastic. And like I said, we'll have links to all those in the, in the show notes as well. So Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing that insight and that wisdom. And I think everyone here can ha sort of have a sigh of relief that we know that we're going to be able to teach every child individually and give them all the support and inspiration that they need yeah so thank you for sharing your story and also for the the efforts and the and the skill of being able to put all this together to help so many people thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing what you do bringing you know these kind of uh, inspirational stories of others to you know uh, people who need them i think this time right now is so much needed this kind of inspiration from others lovely thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening it's such a pleasure to be able to bring you such wisdom and inspiration if i could ask you to do one thing please share this podcast with one other person just so that we can really make the most of our ripple effect of being able to just reach as many people as possible and that way we can make the biggest difference in the world Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the community and how to get involved, please go to educationonfire.com forward slash fire. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.